I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. Rate, review, subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube rate review if you don't rate on youtube you like you like on youtube and you subscribe on youtube so please do that my guest iman Adin, you know her she did this piece the other day on why the raptors are sleeping giants poised to become future champions and they're doing it their own way so do check that out it's going to be relevant for oh i don't know a year two years whatever hey iman it how happens. are you yeah good how are you Doing well, doing swell. Um, that game last night was so much fun. So much fun. It's so nice to have the Raptors back. My goodness. I felt like all offseason, we were just making content after content after content of the exact same things, projecting like, hey, maybe this guy does that. Hey, maybe this guy does this. Maybe the Raptors have a better half-court offense. Who knows? Didn't look great yesterday. But in the end, they're back, and it was so nice. And that game was awesome. That should be a playoff series. Adam Silver, make it happen. I wouldn't be mad at it. No. I would not be mad at it. I think the Cavs should be worried a little bit, though, sure. if that were a playoff series. We'll get Darius into Garland. it, though. Darius That's Garland. what I was going to say. Darius yeah. Garland should be worried if that is a playoff series. They <laughs> they had him uh, not in the good place, in the bad place, and, and <laughs> for, for a good chunk too. of the night. And fortunately, yeah. he got her. Yeah, yeah. But that's also like that's kind of what the Cavs are offering mm-hmm. to give up when they have such a small backcourt. Yeah. Yeah. Fun times. Um, like different styles. I was watching the Redeem Team uh, documentary the other day, and uh, um, it was interesting watching the contrasting styles because Spain had like Marcus Law and Paul Gasol, right? Like just big, big centers, and they were just punishing the U.S. Um, down low. But then on the U.S. side, you got these dynamic guards, uh, Kobe, all these. So like it's they're going back and forth, just like capitalizing on their own advantages. And that's kind of what the Raptors were doing uh, yesterday. And also the Cavs, too, because Donovan Mitchell was ridiculous. And I mean, we'll get to that in a second. But actually, yeah, uh, fourth quarter. Let's start there. Lots of fun things to take away from that. Um, what was your first takeaway from the fourth quarter that was? Should we start with the good or the bad? It was uh, a lot of good. Yeah, there's there a was. lot let's of good. Let's start with the bad. Let's start with the bad. Okay, so the bad, um, and and this is sort of, this has kind of been a, a theme that we've seen a little bit. We, mm. you know, the Raptors want Scotty Barnes to run the offense some. Uh, if you're looking at Fred Pamphlet's, you know, minutes total, it's probably because Scotty was in foul trouble, and yeah. he's kind of your secondary point guard. So they want him to sort of take over that role. And I thought from Scotty and Precious towards the end of the game, and yes. Scotty had that turnover with 19 seconds to go, but also the Raptors were up by two possessions and what we saw was bad time management. And I think we saw mm. a little bit of that in the preseason from Scotty Barnes as well. Um, you know, he had that where he didn't go for the two, four, one, you know, in that, in that sort of preseason. And, and that was a moment, but also when you're up by two possessions and you have 20 seconds left in the game and yes, there's like 11, I think it was like 11 second shot clock um, differential with the, with the game clock there. Yeah. 
why are you rushing a shot there, Scotty? Yeah, he ended mm-hmm. up turning it over and it went the other way, but there's no need to rush the shot. And I think we saw the same thing. Scotty had a, a beautiful pass to to um precious and transition that was like a great thing from scotty barnes and exactly what you want to see and then again precious you're (laughs) up by a single like there's that you just dribble out the game clock you're already up by a single point even if you do want to get the dunk even if you do want to cap it off in such a special way don't leave point seconds don't leave point seven seconds left on the shot clock so that Mm. they can get a chance to put up a three because in seven seconds, as Raptor fans know, that is enough time to catch the ball and release a shot. We've seen it be done before. Luckily, the Cavs didn't have a timeout yeah. and couldn't advance the ball. But that was kind of the, the bad time management in a really, really impressive fourth quarter from honestly both of those guys who maybe struggled at other points in the game. So sure. like, I don't want to harp too much on it because I think that they showed a lot of good things. But that was kind of your young guys not really knowing how to manage the clock so much. That was a really nice play, though. It was beautiful. Game off it was on beautiful. the precious. Don't precious give up seven. <laughs> don't give up point know, seven seconds, though. You remember when uh, a couple years ago, Pascal Siakam, I think it was against the 76ers, and he had this possession. It was late game, and uh, he stole the ball and he dunked it, and he had, did this like the Christ the Redeemer pose. I think it was against mm-hmm. the 76ers. Yeah, it, it was kind of like that. It could have been that special, but obviously, it could have. I mean, and also, Pascal- <laughs> don't touch the ball after that, precious. Because yes. what could have happened in that situation <laughs> is if the Raptors had a delay of game warning at the yeah. beginning of the, the game, that could have been a technical foul for the rap, uh against the Raptors. Uh-huh. And they would have been able to advance the ball, I believe, in that situation. Yeah. And there you go. Now up three, <laughs> you're giving up a free point <laughs> and you're letting them get an easy two to tie it up or three to win the game. Just a little ahead of himself, a little bit more poise from, from Precious towards the end of the game would have been nice, but it was beautiful play nonetheless. Absolutely. Let's start going with the good. That was bad, <laughs> but they did win the game. You can pivot to the good now. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, the the, uh, the Raptors just, their their offense and their defense in in those in that final quarter. I mean, just yeah. what did they limit them to? Like 17 points, I think is what they limited the Cavs to mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Um, just suffocating them in that way and getting out in transition, getting their, their buckets. Also, just Pascal Siakam, like um uh his his ability and like I, you know, want to talk about this a little bit more when we get into the rest of the game because I think it was especially uh notable in the first half. Um, but the Raptors just defense being able to limit the Cavs to 17 points alone I think that that's something that's incredibly special and what you want to see is them being able to to lock guys down when it matters um and and score <laughs> when it matters as well yeah it was 21 I'm just looking at it now but oh, still 21 ah, okay. yeah but still a very impressive quarter and I mean the thing that stuck out to me and Nick Nurse talked about this after the game, game yeah they did um Donovan Mitchell was carving them up he was doing like major damage, paint touches galore. He was getting downhill. He was passing the ball, finding three corner three point shooters. Um, it was he was awesome. He was exceptional. Like Nick Nurse after the game was like, I don't know how he split screens like that. It was so cool. Like he does it so fast. I mean, like that's what he did in Utah. It was the same damn thing. And uh, you they think that, that the Raptors are closing those gaps? You think that their length yeah. has everything shut, and he finds a way. Yeah. And uh, they made a, a switch uh, towards the end of the third quarter. They put uh, OG on him instead of Fred. Fred was struggling a little bit against him. Um, 
I don't think that's a bad thing. Most people do struggle against Donovan Mitchell in one-on-one isolation. Like he's very fast, very good, very quick. Um, but they tried OG that still wasn't doing it. And so they tried a few other things. And I think what really helped, they started moving their low man, whoever it was, it could have been OG. It could have been Scotty. It could have been Gary sometimes. And they moved him right underneath the basket. And they were forcing Donovan with that high pick and roll that if you want to hit that corner three-point shooter, we will trust that someone we'll be able to recover and then we're in scramble defense, but that's what we do. And that really did help uh, clog the paint. And that was a, a difference maker. Then also, you know, Jared Allen wasn't able to get those lobs. And as long as the, the paint is clogged and the Raptors are staying composed and that's what they were doing, uh, their defense shines. And that was a big difference in them being able to get their, their defense ahead of the, the offense of the, the Cavaliers. Which is how the Raptors get out there and score, which like yeah. just to watch the stops that they like the the steals that they were being able like we we were kind of talking about like what is our stat of this game and I was going through it and I was like is it the steals and like you look at it you're like what is it like 15 I think they got um mm. it's not an insane amount when you're talking about what this Raptors team can do but it, it was a lot and they did get out in transition and you got sure. to see what the Raptors really look like at their peak um this Raptors team is fun this Cavs team is fun they're kind of the two gimmicky teams I, I thought it was unfortunate, obviously, that Darius Garland got hurt. Obviously, hope he's fine. Hope he can come back yeah. really quickly. Seemed like, you know, the, the kind of thing that happens to OG every year. Um, just getting poked in the eye. But, Four um, times, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, to me, it's just like watching that team, that Cavaliers team, and I would love to know what your takeaway on this was. Donovan Mitchell in that first half when Darius Garland was there, was kind of off ball some and they let Darius Garland kind of run the show and then you saw what it looked like when it was the ball was in Donovan Mitchell's hands and he was kind of riding it and you also saw yeah. how like like here's the thing they're both undersized guards but Donovan Mitchell has a wingspan of a Toronto Raptor right <laughs> he's an incredibly it's like, long it's player like se- it's like seven feet or something like that yeah it's, it's a, he's an incredibly long player and you see yeah. the sort of difference in that so yes he's undersized but like technically because size has a lot to do with length as much as it does mm. as much as it has to do with height and we see that that's exactly what the Raptors are sort of banking on yeah um that's the philosophy there so it's like it's really fascinating to see what this team is going to look like because I think two undersized guards the Raptors are going to punish a team like that. And we saw that in the first half. And also what we saw was the Raptors absolutely punished, whether it was Karis LeVert, whether it was Chetty Osmond on the defensive end, Chetty Osmond had a good game, but like Pascal was picking on him and the Raptors are picking on their threes. And I'm like, if you've got two undersized guards there and you have a three, that's a poor defender. Isaac Okoro had a terrible game. I just really wonder what this Cavaliers team looks like. I kind of like this as a matchup for the Raptors, yeah. despite the fact that you're sort of lacking those bigs um, and uh, on, on the Raptors end. It's just like it's, it's going to be a fascinating year for both of these teams. I wonder if they're going to be in the Jameson Crowder or Jay Crowder sweepstakes because they could really use someone like him they on the team. They- yeah. Yeah. Um, I said Jameson Crowder. That's a football player. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you corrected it to Jay Crowder. I caught it. Yeah. I was like, is that his full name? I don't know. <laughs> Jameson. Jameson Crowder the third. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a problem for them. And uh, I think the, the logic was that, oh, well, we have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen on the back end. Yeah, but those other two guys, Garland and Mitchell, are going to be switching onto someone. And I guess the team like the Raptors, who have like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, across the board, there will be someone that they can post up and they can take advantage of you know, Garland and Mitchell. There's always going to be someone. So that's going to be something they're, they're going to have to navigate. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Um, you, as Masai said in his end of season last year, it's like you have a philosophy and you just hope it works. And that's their yeah. philosophy. Good luck to you. 
Um, another philosophy that Fred Van Vliet has is that his heart is seven feet tall, right? Because he had this play in the fourth quarter where he just uh, took that ball from Jared Allen. It was beautiful. Oh, my, that was so beautiful. Can you, like, what? I, I honestly, I think I, like, ye- let out a yell at that moment because it was just like, how? How was he able to just – because how both of these teams are really going to feast yeah. is on the offensive class. Yeah. And so to watch a, a six-foot guy take it from a seven-footer and then the Raptors get out in transition, oh, double bounce pass play is absolutely beautiful. You know, Fred to OG to Scotty right at the rim for the finish was was beautiful. Also, can we just, like, OG and Scotty's – chemistry was absolutely beautiful mm. I was going through a lot of like Scotty had seven assists in this game like I I don't want to I, I knocked him a little bit to start but he was good in in certain moments you saw like Scotty be aggressive which was absolutely beautiful but also I want to focus in on the assists a little bit sure a lot of those were two OGN and OB uh-huh. oh like their chemistry is absolutely beautiful he had one that was a cross-court pass to OG he had one that was along the baseline that was just a, a beautiful pass to OG in the corner for a three um you know he he got precious a three he got Pascal a three he yeah. was really moving the ball and and he was also aggressive when he needed to be taking it to the rim even taking it to Jared Allen which I think is just you know why he was your rookie of the year that aggression sure. that he showed um I thought was just like really phenomenal at certain points from, from Scotty Barnes. You're never going to get like the perfect game, but I thought he showed moments where he was aggressive and, and he was moving the ball in a way that I really like. and their chemistry already beautiful. Yeah. That's why he's his favorite teammate, right? <laughs> like he said, yeah. <laughs> uh, Scotty, no question. Um, he was passive at points last season. Yes. Right. And uh, he, I think, I think it's fair to say that he had more offensive game in him. Like his points per game, I think was 15. He probably could have had 18 on a different team, different situation, yada, yada, yada. But today or yesterday, it looked like he was making sure that he got his offense as well. And there were several points where, you know, there weren't able to, you know, get offensive going. And he's like, looked at the rim. He's like, well, I got a, a path here and let me just go and let me just do this. And it didn't matter who it was. OG uh, and Anobi, both of them, they attacked Jared Allen down the stretch of the game because they realized like, okay, maybe off ball, he's very lethal, but let's see if you can like handle a bump to your chest and handle it, right? And that he couldn't do it. It was great to see that uh, OG was that comfortable um, doing that in that kind of situation. And uh, also Scotty like delivered this like laser pass towards a corner. OG eventually he did get blocked by Jared Allen, but the pass itself was like a cross body Beautiful. right to the corners. Like, holy, that had some zip on it. Um, nothing bad to say, Billy, about uh, Scotty Barnes other than you know, the thing you said earlier. It just I like seeing him being aggressive. He hit a three. He's looking for his pull-up shot. Um, I'm not sure like how they're all going to balance this out the offense wise, but like this was probably like the best example of how it could be, you know, going for, I think Pascal had like 20 shots. Then the other guys kind of just like filled in the gaps where they needed to, but those were going to be like your five players who will take the bulk of the shots. And after that, precious will have his day. Chris Boucher may have his day on just like, you know, attacking on uh, closeouts and uh, advantages, but for the most part, it's going to be these five. And this was a good representation of what we're going to see going forward. How about that Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, inverted pick and roll? Back cool. and back, back to back possessions down the stretch. Um, my stat that took I took away from this game was the Raptors scored on six of the final seven possessions in the fourth quarter. And two of those were on that play. We saw it many times. It started with Kyle Lauer and Pascal Siakam, and now it's Fred Van Vliet and was, Pascal Siakam. Still very effective. I was just about to say, I was like, oh, is this like, you know, 2019, 2020? Like, we're getting yeah. that Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam inverted pick and roll, which if you remember in that season, um, that was the year that like 
Chris Paul was on the Thunder and they had the best um, fourth quarter offense. They had the best clutch offense in the league. The second best clutch offense in the league, the Toronto Raptors. Why? Specifically that play. <laughs> like specifically how absolutely lethal it was. It was a bucket every single time. And mm-hmm. then just watch Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam take over the reins when uh, after Kyle is, is, was, I was just like, this feels like 2020. Like we're, we're yeah. back in time. And it's, it was effective back then. It's effective now. It's one of my favorite things that the Raptors run, and I wish they would do more of it. <laughs> I think we'll see it. Two players like that. Fred's a terrific screener for a person his size. Um, he really makes sure that he gets like that solid contact. The base is good. Um, the first time they ran it, he ghosted the screen, and actually, uh, Evan Mobley and Donovan Mitchell ran into each other. And then, yeah, were like in the middle, like, where do I go? And for some reason, Donovan Mitchell decided not to really hustle on the play, even though it was like a minute and a half left. Donovan and so eventually, Ball goes to the corner for Gary Trent. He hits the three. And then the next time, um, it was they're in the same play. Pascal goes downhill and carries Levert, and that's barbecue chicken. So I think it's very effective. I think when you're sort of talking about how this Raptors team can work, because yes, it's sort of gimmicky in its own right. And yeah. when you have a bunch of your six, nine guys that have to, you know, play two through five. Well, you're also talking about Fred Van Vliet and how he kind of operates in this team. Mm. And when you're an undersized guy, because everyone wants a big wing right now, when you're a guy who's under six feet tall or six feet tall, you have to, one, be able to shoot the ball. And number two, you have to play bigger than you are. And that's what those screens kind of do. Fred Van Vliet's Mm. ability, not just on the defensive end, to switch up on guys that are bigger than him, but to set screens and kind of play as as throwing his body out there. It's something that Stephen Curry does really well as well. You have to be able to, one, maximize the fact that you can pop out and can hit that shot. But two, you got to play bigger than you are. That's how these guards who are six feet tall really make their print imprint mm-hmm. in this league and it's what Fred Van Vliet does so well and why he's so lethal and why you can play him on this switch everything team um not just on the defensive end what he can do which we know but also offensively with the shot and and with the screening and, and playing bigger than his body I think some people might take away this from this game that uh, okay so Fred's a liability on the defensive end like Donovan Mitchell is going by him and yada 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 but team defender that kind of aspect he's probably the best at it maybe OG is a little bit better but they're neck and neck so you need that like he's he's your quarterback on both ends in some ways like he covers up a lot of mistakes it's a bit more obvious when maybe like a Christian Coloco does it because it's like a big huge block but when Fred does it it's subtle beauty yeah right it's subtle it's a it's a Jared Allen play it's like the really solid closeout it's hedging probably tagging probably uh nullifying like a possible pass like that's what he does but you don't see it, it doesn't it in the passing on the lanes score. a ton you'll see you'll yeah. see those steals he's in the passing lanes a ton and he, like if at this point you're watching this game and you think to yourself that Fred Van Vliet is a liability on the defensive end I implore you to watch all of last season and every other year in Fred Van Vliet's career <laughs> oh man if they're still saying that then they don't get it casuals casuals yeah, and then casuals. also man you need shooting okay you need shooting oh. and it doesn't matter who it is like you need people who can just put the ball in the hoop in a variety of different ways and damn man Fred's very good at it um you need his three-point shooting we can say like oh maybe pressure could be there maybe Scotty can be a good three-point shooter maybe they don't need a Fred in the in the starting lineup or whatever maybe they trade him you need like that kind of aspect of shooting like how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Pascal's not going to be the shooter that Fred is. Scotty Barnes, probably not either. They can be both be very good, but Fred is like top tier, like top five when it comes to catch and shoot. Why wouldn't you want that on a team and like this, especially... Yeah, especially from a player who can, you know, punch above his weight and so many different aspects. Stop trying Fred to trade Fred. Is entirely, <laughs> Fred Van Vliet is entirely important yeah. to what this team does. There is not another point guard that you can slot into the Fred Van Vliet role that yeah. can do, for one, playoff ball as well as he does. You mentioned mm-hmm. it with the catch and shoot threes. This is the guy who averaged, what, 9.9 threes a game last year and shot it at least in the first half of the year at 40%. Second half of the year, he was injured. Um, but I think on the season, it was like 37 or 38%. To be able to do that, number one, mm-hmm. to be able to... On the you know on the defensive end, be able to sort of guard up and hold his own. We talked about the team defense, and like he's the epitome of like uh, of what this Raptors team needs as a point guard because you don't want someone who's entirely too ball dominant. You don't want someone to run everything sort of through them because we want Pascal Siakam to have the ball yeah. in his hands. We want uh you know Scotty Barnes to have the ball in his hands. How many times did we just watch something? It's like oh Thad's bringing the ball up this possession. Oh uh-huh. Precious is out in transition and can do this. Oh Scotty can do this. That's what this Raptors team needs. And there's no other guard in this league that I think is as versatile as Fred Van Vliet to be able to sort of sit back and do that. After this Raptors game, I turned on Grizzlies Knicks and just watching Tyus Jones and Jalen Brunson. I'm like, they come from the school of Fred Van Vliet. Like the fact that (laughs) Fred is now a veteran where you can watch other guards and you can be like, this is a school of Fred Van Vliet. That's the level of point guard the Raptors have. And I think that's something that, you know, people need to be more appreciative of. I hope the Raptors find more ways to weaponize his three-point shooting. There was a few cases last night where Fred would take a few shuffles left, a few shuffles right, and then all of a sudden there's an open passing lane. And that's just like him being a heady player, reading angles. And once that happens, like, okay, now the other team's like, oh, wait, Fred's open. Then they close out. Then he's getting the ball uh, moving. Defense is moving. Rotations happen. The Raptors get a good shot. Like that kind of stuff happens. That's um, something that they haven't really utilized too much. And I think that's probably in the process. Uh, Certainly a lot of things to work on with their half court offense. It shouldn't still be Pascal Siakam and whatever happens after that. We'll just see. Uh, But anyways, Fred's very good. Um, He was very good last night. It's nice to see him healthy, shooting the ball really well. Another person who was very, very good, Pascal Siakam. Oof. Pascal Siakam. Hmm. Go ahead. Top five. He's gunning for it. He's gunning yeah. for it. He had a 35% usage yesterday. Oh, boy. 
It was heavy. It was and um, like I think a lot of the criticisms of Pascal's game, at least in the past, and what people sort of wanted from him is like, you know, they, they want to treat Pascal as if he's a, a a wing in this league, you know, as anybody, he is a wing in this league, but they want him to have the sort of face-up game. People want him to, yeah. to show the footwork and to show the face-up game. And he had some moments tonight. That pivot spin that he had where he hit the turnaround fadeaway mm. uh, over Karis LeVert. Oh my goodness. The space that he was able to create, the balance that that takes. It was an absolute beauty. I think I've watched it like 45 million times at this point. Um, <laughs> but he just, he, he was yeah. so good in moments. Um, and just carrying the Raptors offense when they absolutely needed it to. He yeah. was aggressive. He got to the line eight times, which is, you know, what you want from Pascal Siakam. If he wants to put himself into that top five, yeah, he needs that pull-up three, which we talked about a ton. But he also needs to get to the line. He needs to be able to get himself, you know, more offense, especially when it's stagnant for the Raptors. You look at yeah. the, the game that DeMar DeRozan had for the Bulls yesterday. <laughs> what DeMar was able to do to, to put himself into that sort of lead guy is, one, get to the line um, and and get there a ton and be incredibly uh, – DeMar's footwork is something that, you know, Kevin Durant talks about studying, and you're just watching Pascal Siakam's. I mean, someone needs to put that in a textbook and, and get people to study that because it was absolutely phenomenal. A pivot spin? Are you, kid- are you kidding me? I know those Rico Hines highlights over the summer did that a couple of times and uh, people are just like, Oh, look at this. It looks so pretty, right? It just looks so, so elegant, so agile. And people talk about Pascal not having the prettiest game. That looked pretty damn pretty to me, man. No, that was Pascal <laughs> Tampa. We're past yeah. that. We're exactly. past that. You should hit some free throws though. He shot four of eight yesterday. Wait. He mentioned it afterwards that uh, he's like, I got to hit some free throws. Like, yeah, no okay. kidding. Do you want to, True, true. But if he wants to be a 25 points per game score, like it's right there for him. Yeah. Two more free throws. Six of eight. These kind of things very much matter. Um, Yeah, there was another play that stuck out to me. And I don't know if you caught this. Third quarter, Evan Mobley's on him. And he hit Evan with this crossover that gave me flashbacks to when. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. When <laughs> Pascal dropped Anthony Davis a couple of years ago with like Oof. that burst of speed and then the crossover, like his, his speed with this crossover seems like it's a little bit better, a little bit of a tighter handle, even with that uh, final play towards the end of the game, Karis LeVert, um, he hit with a crossover again. And uh, that was on the inverted pick and roll that uh, he ran with Fred. Um, and that led to a bucket too, but it seems like he's just got that poise um, with the ball now. And he's very comfortable with the ball in his hands and uh, the, the handle is there. Um, he's not always picking up his dribble as much right he's willing to like dribble through the contact dribble through the traffic and then find his way and get a bucket I mean it was a great game like he shot nine of 20 that's okay a couple of those were just like him being so aggressive on the on the offensive glass like that's two possessions a couple of tips there you go you're oh yeah. two so that kind of stuff happens but he's gonna have a terrific season man this is gonna be the best Pascal Siakam season we've seen yet no question I was thoroughly impressed yeah great stuff you need a three two love that too. yeah on Scotty. He did as well, right? That was a nice shot. Uh, I wanted to mention Christian Coloco, but do you have anything else you want to chat about? I, I, you know, I think we gave OG his roses for for last night's game. I, I mentioned yeah. it. The, the change of shoes was also, I think, um, <laughs> what I focus in on. But no, he he was. I he, that just made him hit his shots. He was still incredibly active, um, both in in the first half and the second half. I just think that, like, in terms of connectivity on this team, that's exactly what you need. Um, is is a guy like OG Ananobi, who, yes, on the defensive end, can we we saw that was a masterclass from OG Ananobi it was. last night. Yeah, but. But 
beyond that on the offensive end, whether it's, you know, sitting in the corners and being able to hit the threes, we talked about how the Raptors need that, but his, he's, I don't know how else to describe OG. I don't know, because there's a lot of talk about maybe replacing him and, and using him. And it's just like, he's the connectivity that kind of like mm. binds this team together. And I thought last night's game, he gets to 18 points, just kind of sleepwalking there, which is what I imagine, you know, Yasmin and I talked about it uh, on the weekend. That's kind of like right of the range that we expect OG to be. That's where he was last year. And we expect him to sort of sleepwalk to those numbers. And that's exactly what he did last night. I think what this Raptors team kind of shows you is, yes, Pascal had insane usage. And yes, Pascal is your number one guy and he's going to have high usage every night. But mm. this is a team that attacks off of mismatches. This is a team... That entire offense is built on that. Their defenses yeah, yeah. as well, but their offense is built on that. And that's going to require Scotty to be aggressive when he has it. It's going to require OG. It's going to require Gary and, and Pascal. And we saw that last night. I mean, like this team was attacking from all ends. Everyone kind of had their special moment, even though mm-hmm. this was Pascal Siakam's show at the very end. And I just thought like, yeah, we're watching the Raptors. Like Raptors basketball is back. Preseason is done. And this team looks like they're ready to play. And it was it was a lot of fun to watch. It might have been clunky at times. It might have been ugly. And we're going to get that. Their offense was not humming <laughs> by by any means. But um, you saw moments for with like, oh, okay, this is this is how it's yeah. going to work. And granted, they did go up against a team. Like I said, Jetty Osmond, Isaac Okoro, Karis LeVert. There were guys that they could pick on in addition to Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland when he's in the game. The Cavs are kind of a unique team in that way. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, this Raptor team is fun. And if it's not those guys on the Cavs and on another team, it's going to be other guys that they can expose. This is part of, you know, the vision of like having so many guys who can dribble the ball, work in the pick and roll, hit threes and so forth. There will always be one or two people that are There's like, we could probably, yeah, we can always find one. And uh, it's a reliable piece of offense. Is it, um, you know, sustainable? Maybe not. They should probably add some more wrinkles to their half court, but it's still a, an effective method. And I don't think in the regular season, from it. certainly. Sure. No right? team has no team has four, six, nine guys that they're playing at, at any given time. So like you are going to find your mismatch. And exactly. what OG Ananobi does so well is like, yes, we talk about his perimeter game. We talk about his shooting, but he is also a absolute bully down low. Um, he is arguably the Raptors best post player. I think Scotty Barnes can definitely take that reign from him. Um, mm. And so it's like you're going to either have a mismatch down low or he's going to be open in the uh, on the perimeter. Like I was looking at OG's highlights over uh, last season and I surprised me how many of them are catch and shoot opportunities and it's like yes he is what makes vision six nine works be- yeah. uh, he's what makes vision six nine work because of his offense and the way that he's able to either get that mismatch down low and bully whoever's down there or if he's wide open uh, you know in the, on the perimeter he's hitting that shot it's just the connectivity and we saw it yesterday in different ways it's just it's fun raptors basketball baby and the <sighs> That play against Jared Allen towards the end of the fourth quarter, like I felt that there were multiple occasions where he was being a little bit passive on offense, um, yeah. but that was the possession. Like he got the rebound and he just kept on trying to go at Jared Allen. Ball swings around a little bit. It gets back to him. And again, he goes at Jared Allen. That was like him being forceful with his offense. That might've been, you know, Nick Nurse in a timeout saying, go at him. Like, don't let him be off ball. Go at him, go at his chest, hit him right here, right? Make him feel it. And uh, that's what OG did. And uh, throughout Jared that Allen third quarter- good. Oh man, he's huge. My goodness. He huge. like just huge. the rim protection for days. <laughs> like, yeah. I would be scared to go at him too. I feel you, OG. <laughs> 
<laughs> Donovan Mitchell went from Rudy Gobert to Jared Allen. One of them has better hands, the guy with, you know, he's with now, Jared <laughs> Allen. Um, but that's a pretty nice. Uh, <laughs> Got a lot of guys to clean up his messes. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, but with OG, like that third quarter towards the end of it, um, we started to see him in his own way take over the game. Um, with his read and react on the defensive end, also the offensive end too. He was just doing it on both ends. And um, it wasn't always as obvious, maybe as some other star players, not saying that OG is a star, but with him, when he does it, it's subtle. It's like the the reacting to uh, good tags, good hedging, um, getting to the nail, taking away some driving lanes. And then on offense, it's like cutting, it's passing. He found uh, pressure the Chua, I think late in the third quarter for like a nice, um, a nice layup. Like that's what OG does. He can just do so many things. Someone mentioned to me the other day that uh, they thought he could be what Wiggins was for the Warriors, kind of like just kind of filling in gaps. I'm like, that's interesting. OG has a bit more potential on the defensive end to be able to like, you know, be more versatile, but for what the Raptors need, just someone who's able to do so many different things on the, on the offensive end. I thought it was an interesting comparison. It's a connectivity. I mean, I thought that they played sort of similar roles for their teams last year, right? Yeah. As a tertiary guy and being able to punish guys because, you know, Andrew Wiggins, former number one overall pick for a reason yeah. um, and, and can do more. And obviously put in, in a role where he's now the tertiary guy watching sure. damage teams. I kind of, OG has shown that he can be in that role because of the way that he's able to diversify his offense. We talked about it post-up game, uh, you know, perimeter shot. Um, but I, I just think that like, I'm higher on OG. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Sure. You have reason to. Yeah. Wiggins took a pay cut to stay in Golden State. I can't believe it. Do you, man? Do you? Um, Christian Coloco. Okay. So um, some people may have been a little bit surprised that he entered the game so early. Um, I was not because I think if you're reading between the lines of what we've seen from him, what Nick Nurse has said, he really likes him. And this isn't him saying, you know, we want to develop our rookie. No. Christian Coloco impacts the game when he's on the floor. He is very good at what he does. And I've been saying this all offseason. Don't just don't just think that he's going to be spending his entire season in the G League. There's no reason to do that when he can help this Raptors team right now on the defensive end because they are already so good. They just needed him. <laughs> they just need someone like him, a seven-footer with wingspan, agile, long, protects the rim, knows his role, and he can do and he comes in. He had a great game. Yes, okay. He got like he missed like four dunks. Probably in a, a few months, those are going to go. And he also had five screen, screen, screen assist points. So he was very good, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, like he's already like three steps ahead of Bismack Biombo when he first got here in terms of like at least catching the ball before <laughs> before missing that dunk. Um, and he he, he had one uh, off mm. of the, the missed shot from Pascal Siakam that I think yeah. we're all just claiming is an assist, uh, the, the prettiest pass you'll ever see. Uh, I just thought like he, you, we saw it. He can't play in a drop, right? Like he's still too, like he's, he's not at that size yeah. right now. We saw that, but he was so good. Uh, and also like, he was obviously going to play tonight. Boucher and, and Ken Birch are not there. And I think that like, this gives him some run when the Raptors are missing some key guys. And I, I expect to see, we saw Ken Birch in the preseason. He looked really good. He has fresh legs. I think people are kind of down on him from last season, but uh, I'm, I'm high on Ken Birch. We saw how important he was to the Raptors um, in, in the Tampa season. And so, yeah, Boucher and Ken Birch coming back, I think will limit the minutes for Christian Coloco, but I'm really excited to watch him play with this team. I thought, I thought he looked good. I thought he was aggressive. I thought he was active uh, on the boards, even if those, you know, <laughs> Put back dunks did not always go in. Uh, he's, he's already a step ahead of Bismack. Yeah. OG said a few days ago, he's like, he does see, he covers up a lot of uh, mistakes 
with his size and with his, with his strength and agility, strength in his own way. And just the length really does take over. And there are so many occasions when he wasn't in the game where I'm like, if Coloco was there, that probably wouldn't be a basket just because if it's him Mm. versus like precious or Chris Boucher, not that he played, um, whoever it's just, it's a different feeling for a player. And when they see him, they're just like, this dude is huge. I'm not going to go in the lane. I'm going to kick it up for three. <laughs> he, um, he had this one where he, he set a screen and he was rolling to the basket and he, he hit, I forget who it was. It might've been Pascal in the corner uh, with the short roll pass. And it oh, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. you remember it? Um, yeah. And it looked ugly, but he hit his mark. And why? Because his size allows him to sort of cover up for those mistakes. Like I was just like, Ooh, that pass. Oh, actually uh-huh. never mind. And it's just like having that size just allows for extra sort of leeway. And we saw that a sure. bunch with the Raptors yesterday where I felt like, you know, guys were losing their dribble a little bit and they were able to retain possession. Why? Because they can just kind of go out and get that loose ball. Sure. Like they, they can corral their, their, um, you know, their bad dribble with a second, just because their wingspan is so much longer. And sure. I watched that like uh, Christian on that short roll and it was like, Oh, that pass. He he hit his mark and he was able to do that because his size just allows him to sort of see over everyone, even if it's not the prettiest pass in motion, it's going to hit more often than not because, you know, it's it's the Nikola Jokic effect, although Nikola Jokic is, I'm not going to compare the passers, but like, you know, part of why you want to have, you know, a Nikola Jokic skill set in Nikola Jokic's body is because he can see over everybody, right? Exactly. we, We see the benefits of that already with Christian Coloco. And he knew where the ball had to go. That was good too, yeah. right? Uh, he yeah. made that that reaction that has to happen has to be a lot faster. Whether it goes good or not could be you know wingspan and stuff like that. But he knew where the ball had to go. Had to go to that corner. Did it look pretty? No, but he did it. Effective, <laughs> exactly. Right? Doesn't always have to come on the Raptors, man. Doesn't always have to look pretty. Just has to be effective. Okay. Um, anything else, Simon? On this game, there's uh, like another 81, so we don't have to spend too much time on this one. <laughs> No, no. I yeah. just it, it was exciting to watch the Raptors come back. I think a lot of the things that we talked about are things that sort of existed in the past. One yeah. thing that, you know, I'll note is five guys, all five starters, and you talked about it, that's sort of where their offense comes from. All five guys had at least 15 points. And that's how the Raptors are going to pick apart other teams. You know, we talked about it. It, it is mismatch hunting. And so everyone's going to have an advantage at one point or another. And it's up to those guys to just punish them. So I think all five starters having 15 points. Um, and there, there was a stat that, uh, let me pull it up here, that I thought was incredibly impressive. Um OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., and Fred Vliet had 15-plus points uh, together as starters for the sixth time. So it's the sixth time that all five starters had at least 15-plus points. And we know that they didn't always play all together. There's always one or two guys out That's of the lineup yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, only seven other starting fives have done that in NBA history. And the most recent were the Phoenix Suns. So... <laughs> And if we're talking about that's 2004, 2005 with the Steve Nash, with the Amari Sotomars, with the yeah. Sean Marians, an incredibly impressive team, a team that I believe, you know, at one point should have won uh, a championship. So it's just what the Raptors are able to do is incredibly impressive. And I, I'm uh, I'm excited for the rest of the season. And that was courtesy of Greg Harvey. I mean, you shout out who who sent me that that stat. Damn Robert Ori. He's the reason why they didn't get that championship, that Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. team. Um on our test 2010, buddy, buddy. I like, I love that for him. I'm always happy that he was able to win a championship there. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, Mon, this was very fun. Everyone, I um, hope you enjoyed the listen. And obviously, 
more podcasts to come, more Raptors content to come. So enjoy your evening, enjoy your day, enjoy the Brooklyn Nets game. And Amon will be talking to you on Monday. All right. Bye, everyone. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.